It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko, along with your host, James Rapine. Today we talk with former Bengals offensive line coach Paul Alexander, largely about Jackson Carmen, who he worked with in the pre-draft process. We get an up-close and personal look at what Carmen did with Paul Alexander and what he brings to the Cincinnati Bengals. That's coming up a little bit later in the show. Before we get there, we're going to start with Frank Pollock's recent comments to Jeff Hobson on Bengals.com. This episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 to save 15% on your next order. James, this is going to be a very offensive line focused episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Jeff Hobson recently did an interview with offensive line coach Frank Pollock talking about some of the rookies in Jackson, Carmen, Deontay Smith, and Trey Hill, and some remarks that have been taken to be a slight for previous offensive line coach Jim Turner, but I'm not so sure. But those are probably the most paid attention to lines in this entire article, right, James? No doubt about it. And hell, I'll read it here. He said, and Frank Pollock said, quote, I can't wait to get them out on the grass and teaching guys different techniques that may be they haven't been exposed to the last two years. We'll make some people proud. So, you know, it's it's one of those things. Is that a, a slight at Turner? Is it just as simple as, hey, I want to get back and to doing what I think is, is going to be right here. And that's probably what he's focused on. Frank Pollock probably doesn't give two dams about Jim Turner, but he looks at this group that at least on paper at some point during their football career – and they were considered high-quality prospect. And Billy Price, yes, he was a reach, but he might be their starting center, former first-round pick. You got a first-rounder in Jonah Williams on one side, Riley Reef on the other. Jackson Carmen's a second-rounder. And then Xavier Suofilo was the 33rd overall pick once upon a time. So if those are your starters, from a talent perspective, yeah, we may know what they are now in the NFL, but at one point or another, they were considered as, as highly thought of prospects. And that's probably what Frank Pollock sees is some potential to get more out of these guys than what the, the previous offensive line coach, Mr. Turner did. And he talked a lot about installing certain techniques that, you know, maybe they hadn't, but you, you just read the quote installing techniques they hadn't been exposed to in the last two years. That could just be that, you know, the last two years, like you said, since he was with the Bengals last and he was teaching those techniques in Cincinnati, but some things that stood out specifically he talked a lot about positional versatility with a lot of these players. He talked about Deontay Smith played some guard at the senior bowl, talked about Jackson Carmen. He can kick out to center if and when, or kick out to tackle if and when we need him to. He talks about Billy Price center guard versatility. So he's talking about versatility with a lot of guys. And another thing that really stood out to me, James is when he starts to talk about, 
Jonah Williams and his ability to to play with independent hands. And the reason that that stands out to me is because sometime last year, we got word that, and, and this could be true or false, I would say. I don't know that this was ever confirmed, but it did seem to show up in tape. We got word that Jim Turner was teaching these guys to two-hand punch. And you you could go watch Jonah Williams, who previously, I think, had shown that independent hand usage, and he was starting to two-hand punch. And there were a few plays that he tries to two-hand punch, and he misses, and he gets beat right away. And that really stood out to me when I was reading through this and he's talking about, you know, we're going to put some different techniques in for Billy. We're going to teach some new things to Jonah Williams. Who's already very technically sound technique savvy has good balance, good feet. So it's interesting to me that he's talking about putting in some, some new stuff, teaching these guys a different approach because that is something that stood out with the previous offensive line coach and was something that we criticized before he was gone. And something that Dave Lapham has said multiple times on multiple podcasts over the past week or two specifically, uh, and especially post-draft, Frank Pollock is more adaptable than Jim Turner. And that's not exactly what Dave said, but he's like, hey, this guy's a nine-year veteran. He knows that Billy Price doesn't have the same game as Jonah Williams, who doesn't have the same game as Trey Hopkins, who doesn't have the same game as Jackson Carmen, and we could go on and on and on. All these guys are different, and you're going to have to teach them different things to maximize what they do. And the system can't just be the system. It's got to be what's best for each individual player. And I, I think that's part of it. And I think it highlighted that in this article, or this article highlights that is because Pollock, you're right, he mentioned Jonah Williams in the toolbox and adding things there. But then he goes on to say, uh, Deontay Smith, what he likes about him and what they want to add and what, what they want to add with Jackson Carmen and Billy Price. And and so I think he's going to coach these guys on an individual basis as much as a unit basis. Yes, they're going to be in sync with one another and their goal is to have five guys that work well together at the same time. Again, Billy Price's arm length alone makes him different than than Trey Hill makes him different than Trey Hopkins. And you have to take that into account when you're you're coaching each player. And he says that when he's talking about the running game specifically, and this is at the end of the article, he says, which is pretty obvious that every NFL team has the same running plays. There's only so many ways to run the football in the NFL. Everybody has a wide zone. Everybody has an inside zone. Everybody has their perimeter runs. Everybody has their gap runs. Everybody has their traps. Everybody has their draws. They've all been done. There's only so many ways to, to block up the, the trenches and, and the front seven across from you with your trench guys. There's only so many ways to do it. But he points out that the differences are, are how you teach it and what you emphasize. He says you can't do it all. It's impossible to do it all and master it. You have to do what's best for your personnel and master it and execute it. So when you talk about adapting to the players he's got, this is another quote that really suggests that is part of his plan. And for Bengals fans, it's going to be, well, let's see what we got with Frank Pollock and Ben Martin, because until we start to see some of this stuff on the field and start to see how these players are taking to the coaching, well, this is all talk. And I'm excited to see how it plays out with a little bit more confidence in these coaches than we've had 
in previous years. Speaking of previous years coaches in Cincinnati, we talked to Paul Alexander, largely about Jackson Carmen, but you'll also find out what he's doing and whether he's coming back to coaching. A whole lot of Paul Alexander conversation coming up next. Hey, Bengals fans, listen up. Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC, is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. To get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea, text DRAFT to 231231. This unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testofen, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase energy and lean muscle mass. Plus, text now and they'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, the most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you get back in shape absolutely free. Text DRAFT at 231231. That's DRAFT at 231231. Message and data rates may apply. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. You've got baseball season in full swing, the NHL and NBA playoffs coming up, NFL futures and NFL award futures available for betting now at Bet Online. And it's a great one stop shop. They've got news, they've got real time updated odds for all your sports. So go check it out right now. That's betonline.ag. Check out all that good stuff they have to offer on their website, the sign-up bonuses, the contests they're running right now. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs into the playoffs. Head to the website and use promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. We've talked a lot about the Bengals ring of honor over the past month or so. And a man that's going to be responsible for multiple players that end up going into the ring of honor is former Bengals offensive line coach, Paul Alexander, whether it's Willie Anderson, who's a nominee now, Andrew Whitworth, who will be a nominee absolutely at some point uh, in the future. Make sure you follow Paul, by the way, on Twitter at coach Paul Alex. And he's with us now, coach. I appreciate the time. Yeah, you mentioned the Ring of Honor. I see that they they put Anthony and Paul Brown in there on the inaugural one, which is great. And then I guess they're putting two in a year. I talked to Willie Anderson yesterday. I said, that's great, Willie. We'll both be dead before you get in. Because uh, <laughs> we're only putting two in a year. You know, I, you would have thought the first year they'd have put, you know, you know, about eight or ten of them in there. But I guess they're just doing it uh uh, two, two per year. Yeah. Sp- spreading it out a bit, I guess, to, uh, to extend it, but you're right. I mean, they're playing catch up and heck we, we could start there. What was, uh, what was your reaction? You obviously know Mike Brown. Well, were you surprised about the, uh, the ring of honor uh, unveiling? It's been a, a hot topic, especially over the past five to six years. No, I think, uh, ever more, uh, uh, you know, his uh, children are more involved in the operations, and uh, I think they probably influenced him in that area. I don't think Mike ever liked that. I think Mike was very much of a, a, a team, not me oriented guy. And uh, so I think that was probably part of the influence. I did see that uh, uh, Katie's daughter, Elizabeth, is the one that's uh, managing it. So that uh, that all makes sense. Uh, that being said, I'm happy they're doing it. It's been a long time coming. And I can certainly agree with that. I, I think that a lot of Bengals fans have felt like that's a long time coming. 
Let's talk a little bit about what you are working on right now. I've seen a lot of photos of you with Exos athletes. I know you've got the Patreon going. Your Twitter bio says you're up in Mason up there. What What is it that you're spending your time on these days, working with a lot of guys, getting them ready for the draft? Well, I'll, I'll tell you my whole story. Uh, when I got let go of the Cowboys, I had a year and a half to go on my contract. So I figured, you know what? I'm going to take this time here to try what I always wanted to do when I retire. I got a year and a half to set it up and see how much I like it and all that. And uh, I will say at the end of that year and a half, I decided not to go into book coaching, you know, that uh, I'm doing what I love. And what I did is I spent that time and I just started tweeting football plays, techniques, information on my Twitter handle. It's at Coach Paul Alex. And that became contacts that I made with people. And I, like, all of a sudden I was over in Europe working with kids and coaches. I've been to Europe twice. I've been to Australia. I've been to the UK twice. I've been to, oh, geez, over 100 high schools. And I've been to many, many of the, uh, you know, the top college programs in the country, uh, consulting with coaching staffs and all that on offensive line play. And then uh, an agent from Rep One, Chase Callahan, followed me on Twitter. And he said, hey, this is two years, three years ago. I got a couple of guys getting ready for the draft, uh, Jonah Williams and Andre Dillard. Would you come work with those two guys out in California? I said, sure, I'd be happy to. So I went out and worked with them. And then the next year it was Andrew Thomas and some others. And then this year it was 25 guys, all right, that I worked with. 21 of them got drafted. And uh, so I'm, and I work not, not really with uh, Exos, like you mentioned, I work with uh, the agents that, uh, you know, hire me to work with their individual players that are at the different locations. So I do that. And then I post all kinds of information on Patreon, like you mentioned, that Patreon is a, oh, a artist um, influencer uh, site where uh, people sign up and you type post all kinds of information, which I do on the draft, on techniques, on scheme and, you know, commentary and so forth. I got a uh, I'm on the Monday uh, series radio show every Monday I'm on there uh, for the NFL channel. And I guess I'm busy as heck. And, and in addition to that, I work with a dozen current NFL players, you know, I'll study the guy they're going against that week and give them a little game plan about what I think they should do to block the guy. And uh, um, that's kind of, I'm doing all this football stuff and I love it. I absolutely love it. And they have no desire to ever coach again. I don't blame you. It sounds like you get all the good stuff without some of the, the tough stuff or not, not as much fun stuff that comes with being a football coach. Uh, Paul, you, you mentioned you uh, were traveling a lot. It, it, what's one of your best traveling stories going out of the country? I mean, that's a heck of a retirement plan. If you still get to do what you love and, and travel around the world doing so. It is absolutely a lot of people retire and they get a condo in Florida. Well, no, I just get some agent to pay me to go down to Florida to work with his kid for a week, you know, and or Southern California. I do a lot of work in Southern California, and and uh, that is, I do have, I do do a ton of travel. Which uh, oh shoot, I've uh, here it is May, and I've already made gold medallion on Delta. So that tells people who travel a lot know that that means well i've put a lot of miles in this year already 
Yeah, I used to travel about 45 weeks a year for work, Paul, and mm. I know exactly what you're talking about. I was traveling out of Madison, Wisconsin, connections everywhere, Detroit, Minneapolis, oh. you name it. Uh, but let's uh, let's switch gears. Let's talk football a little bit. You worked with the the Bengals, new, well, the last two high premium Bengals offensive line draft picks and Jonah Williams and Jackson Carmen. And I want to talk a little bit about Jackson, Jackson Carmen. When I put on his tape, I'm not an offensive line expert as you are by any means, but there, there are a couple things that jumped out at me. One of them was after they drafted him and said, he's going to compete to play right guard. I went and turned on his Clemson tape and watched him play in left tackle and thought, man, he plays left tackle like a right guard. And the other thing is, I did notice that there might might be some false steps sometimes when he's taking his pass sets. I, I want to get your thoughts on both of those observations. You can tell me if I'm way off or or if there's anything that I'm seeing that that has any kernel of truth to it. Well, I think he's a spectacular prospect. I really do. He came out of uh, locally, of course, as most people know, Fairfield High School. Uh, he was the number one recruited lineman in the country, a five-star recruit. He could have gone to any school he wanted. He chose Clemson. Um, he went there, and uh, he can play any of the five positions. He can play either tackle, either guard, or center. He could do any of them, play very well at the NFL level. So what they got, first of all, is a very talented guy, obviously, who can play all five positions, right? So that's tremendous. So they're going to put him at right guard because they got Joan and they got Riley, you know, at the tackles. And great, they'll put him at right guard. Will he stay at right guard? I don't know that. Um, but it's good to be able to know that he could bump out to either tackle if needed. Now, what is he? He is, well, he's very powerful. He, I mean, he may have the best explosion of any one-on-one -on -one drive blocker in the entire draft right so he's a tremendous run blocker he's got great balance right and you combine those things with the third component which i can say this of the 25 guys i worked with there's no one in the entire draft that knows the league better than he does. I would watch video with him and he'd say, oh yeah, that's TJ Watt. His move is blah, blah, blah. Or Joy Bosa's move is blah, blah, blah. You know, or uh, uh, whoever you want to mention, his move is blah, blah, blah. Oh yeah, and that's Pittsburgh's tackle. He sets like so-and-so, you know, and he knows them all. It's unbelievable. Now, who knew that? Well, Willie Anderson knew that when Willie came in the league, you know, and he, it was unbelievable how he knew that. Well, those two guys, all right. And Jackson, we're talking about Jackson. He watches Sunday football. He's watched it his whole life and he's modeled himself to be an NFL player. Right. Why is that important? Because the good ones always wanted to play NFL football. Right. And uh, that seems kind of silly. You would say, my God, everyone wants to do that. No. Well, some guys are just obsessed with knowing it. So he already knows the league because that's where rookies have the, the hardest time knowing the guys that they're going against and how to block this guy versus that guy versus that guy. And, and he's already got a jump start on that. So what am I saying? I'm saying, well, he obviously has the power. He has the balance to pass block and he's got the right makeup to want to be a great player. So I think he's uh, got a very, very bright future. We'll continue with former Bengals offensive line coach, Paul Alexander coming up next. We talk about built bar all the time here on locked on Bengals. They're the number one protein bar on the planet. 
for a reason. They have a ton of delicious flavors, all covered in 100% chocolate. And it's not their amazing taste that's the most impressive thing about Built Bar. It's the macros. They're going to help you get in shape for that summer vacation that you've been planning for. High in protein, low in fat, low in sugar, perfect for you. So go check them out right now at BuiltBar.com. And when you're there and you go to check out, use promo code LOCKED15 and you're going to get 15% off your first order. It's that simple. BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15 and you're going to get 15% off. Make sure you go there now at BuiltBar.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Paul, obviously your assessment of Jackson Carmen's one thing, and the Bengals clearly thought really highly of him and uh, were willing to take him with the 38th pick, but... You look across the the landscape, and there are plenty of uh, analysts and consensus boards that were lower on Jackson Carmen than you and the Bengals. Why do you think that is? Because it, it, it's tough to figure out when you look at a guy who did protect the number one pick at, at left tackle over the past couple of years at Clemson and helped them win a national title three years ago. Well, I know this. I talked to 12 line coaches around the league, um, you know, and some scouts and general managers, so forth. And of those 12 guys, virtually every one of them wanted to know about Jackson Carmen. They all did. They knew him. Now, the uh, whoever, the Mel Kuypers, the Daniel Jeremiah's, uh, whoever those uh, experts are, well, maybe they saw it a little bit different than NFL people did. There, There is no way he was getting out of the second round. No way. And in my mind, the only reason he was there in the second round is because, uh, you know, he probably came out a year early and uh, he had, um, oh, he had some uh, cleanup surgery uh, after the season. And so he didn't get to do his pro day uh, right at the time Clemson did and maybe COVID stuff. And I can't, I guess I can't, uh, oh, <laughs> I have uh, uh I have a hard time trying to figure out why other people are inadequate. Um, <laughs> but they were. I'm just saying, they were. The, the guy, you look at him, you look at the guy's a first-round pick is what he is, you know. And did he slip a little bit because of the injury, because of the age, because of the COVID? Yeah, right. There's no way this guy was going in the third round, the way some people said so when you look at Jackson Carmen as he comes into the league, that was a second round pick, not a third round pick. He's obviously spent some time working with you. He worked with Willie. I believe he worked with Duke Manyweather as well. What do you think his biggest challenge is going to be as he, you know, if he's flipping from, from the left side to the right side, he's going from the tackle position to the phone booth and at right guard. What, what are the biggest things that he has to work on? I know you love his independent hands and that's going to be an asset for him, but what else do you think Frank Pollock, when he gets to Cincinnati, is going to try to mold into Jackson Carmen? 
Well, he's it's just going to be the transition to right guard. You know, he's going to feel comfortable in the right-handed stance. You know, the guard stance is different than the tackles, you know, uh, in terms of the, you know, angle of bend and so forth. The footwork, the angles, things happen faster. Um, the timing's different. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not going to happen the first practice, but it's not going to take a long time either. You know, he'll make that transition and he'll be putting all of his focus on learning to play right guard. You mentioned, uh, and I heard you mention this, Paul, uh, and I forget, for, I, I think it might have been with Dan Horde on the Bengals Booth podcast. There was some talk about Jackson's arm length. And uh, I, I know they were measured a certain way, and that was the arm length that I think the media ran with. You measured them, and it was different. Can you uh, give our listeners a little insight into that? Because I think that's why most people just assume that that haven't looked into it much. Oh, he's going to be a guard in the NFL. But like you said, you think he could play tackle as well. You know, uh, that, that's uh, uh, that's probably another point why people had him slipping a little bit. Because when he went to Clemson, uh, his arm reach, and they measure it from the shoulder to the tip of the fingers of one arm, was 32 and a half inches. That was at uh, Trevor Lawrence's day. And, um, and there are not many tackles who ever played in the National Football League that weren't 33 inches in the arm. All right. And uh, well, I measured them. And when I saw it was 32 and a half, I was like, that's crazy. I measured them at 33 and a quarter. And then when he came back after that, when I remeasured him, yeah, 33 and a quarter. Well, he had a pro day on April 15th and they measured him individually again. And it was 33 and a quarter. So the scout that measured him at the Clemson pro day was wrong. And you're saying that's three quarters of an inch. What's three quarters of an inch? Well, if you can picture the Leonardo da Vinci ideal man picture of standing up with his arms <laughs> outstretched horizontally, uh, you know, you would see, well, okay, well, an inch, you know, three quarters of an inch on that side and three quarters of an inch on the other side is different than height. It's actually an inch and a half. Right. When you talk about reach of both arms. Right. So um, that makes a difference. You know, a lot of people say, ah, that doesn't make a difference. What's an inch and a half, you know? And uh, uh, I say, well, what's the difference between a receiver running four, four and four five? What's a tenth of a second? <laughs> it's a big difference. All right. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's there's no doubt about that. Uh, I think last thing here, Paul, make sure you follow uh, Paul Alexander on Twitter at Coach Paul Alex. The Bengals passed on Penesul, and it was a debate that people had for months in this city. Jamar Chase or Penesul with a little Kyle Pitts sprinkled in. They opt to go Jamar Chase. If you were still the Bengals' offensive line coach, and there's this potentially generational offensive lineman that some have deemed uh, to be in, in Penesul, and they told you, you know, Mike brings you in or, you know, Zach Taylor or Marvin at the time, whoever it would be, says, hey, we're going to take the wide receiver what would your reaction be? Would that be tough to swallow? Uh, well, I guess that would be above my pay grade. And uh, <laughs> I guess I, I wouldn't, I, I know it's above my pay grade, so I wouldn't really get frustrated over it. Um, why did they do it? Well, here's what I know. That when you looked at this draft, the strength of this draft for offensive linemen was uh, there was a glut of tackles that we're going to go at the end of the first or the beginning of the second round, right? And that group was him. It was uh, Dylan Raddins. It was uh, Tevin Jenkins. 
it was Walker Little. There were a bunch. There was Mayfield, right? There was all those guys that were projected to go late one, early two. So I think they felt, and rightfully so, uh, that okay, that if if we got a great tackle, a great receiver in the first, well, we can turn around in the second, and we can still get a really good tackle um, or a okay receiver. And I think when they looked at the draft, they made the decision, uh, the best way to add talent to the team was to go the direction that they did. And uh, it makes perfect sense to me. I, it could have been, it, I think it would have turned just the opposite had it been different. You know, if it had been a receiver loaded draft uh, they, and a, a light offensive tackle draft, might, they might have taken Sewell. I totally agree. It was something we talked about a ton about the depth at offensive line versus receiver, specifically what they were looking at receiver, um, which was obviously an outside downfield threat. So, Paul, we certainly appreciate the time and uh, the insight on Jackson Carmen, and we wish you well in retirement. It sounds like you're having a blast, so we hope that continues. Thank you. Yeah, I love it. That's Coach Paul Alexander on Jackson Carmen and what he's doing with his time in retirement. We do very much appreciate all the time and insight he was able to provide us. You can follow him on Twitter at coach Paul Alex to find out what he's up to. He's got a Patreon going on. Like we mentioned, he's got a lot going on. It sounds like traveling the world and coaching up guys. Sounds like a pretty fun retirement to me. That's going to do it for this episode of the lockdown Bengals podcast until next time. Bengals fans who day, and have a good one. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.